Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. Hey everyone, welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. Um, This week I am going to read you a couple of short pieces or a few short pieces of my own and they will be interspersed with some little interludes. I hope you enjoy them. Walking down the road in the city, I keep my ears and eyes open, especially at night. I walk with purpose and yet still manage to enjoy the sights and sounds. I love the ambiance on a crisp evening when wearing a light jacket is enough and allows me to feel just a nip of cold. I'm one of those folks who much prefer the cold to the heat. If I'm too cold, I love to wrap up in warm clothes, many layers of luxurious fabrics, cashmere, various downs, silk, thick cottons, and even some wools. If I'm too hot, I'm miserable. Once I get down to my skin and I am sweating profusely, I can do nothing else to cool off except find a way to jump in water and submerge. Even then, I burn from the inside far longer than is comfortable. My hackles rise as I feel someone move closer behind me. He is almost on my heels. I quickly duck into the next alley, hoping to be able to move away more quickly. I know the area well, and I can get to my destination using cut-throughs. He remains on my heels. Before I can implement another strategy, he grabs me and takes me down to the ground. He is on top of me, his breath hot in my ear, as I get ready to scream. I wouldn't, he growls. His is one of those deep voices that rumble, lots of bass and a rasp that could be natural or could come from many years of smoking. Voices like his start me shuddering. They cause my body to vibrate. His voice, his scent, and my fear all combine until I'm taut and vibrating like a cello bow. He cuts through my jacket, dress, bra, and knickers. He runs the knife over my neck, shoulder blades, back, and ass. I try ever so hard to be still so he does not cut me too deeply. Cut me he will. First small cuts, almost like caresses, as though he were tickling me with the knife. Then a few sharp cuts that burn as the air hits them. His dick is steel hard and pressed into me. Each time he cuts me, his dick pulses. My fear is intense enough that I imagine a predator could smell me from more than a mile away. My arousal adds a pungent but sweet note. I feel my sap rise, then begin to drip from my pussy. His knife is at the back of my neck. A quick flick of his wrist and I feel the burn. This time I can feel blood oozing from the wound. He licks the blood from the cut and makes another one. Tears begin to run down my cheeks. My body trembles despite my efforts to be still. 
He positions me so my ass is in the air and pushes my legs apart. He slides a couple of fingers inside my pussy, checking my level of lubrication. Don't move, he rasps. I will myself still as I feel him run the blade around my lips. He presses the hilt into my pussy and begins to fuck me with it. I am frightened, and I am so turned on. He fucks me harder and faster with the rigid, unyielding hilt of his knife. I am close to coming, just on that edge, and he pulls the knife out. He reaches around my face and presents me with the knife hilt, slick with thick, milky-white juice. Clean it, he whispers hoarsely. I moan as I lick it clean. He fucks me hard and fast, gripping my hips and then letting go and pulling my hair. He fucks me until we both come, covered in sweat, slick juices, and rivulets of my blood. It takes some time for our breathing to return to normal. He turns me over and pulls me so I am standing facing him. He's holding me up. As he looks in my eyes, he takes the blade and makes a small, swift cut on my left breast. He dips a finger in the blood as it wells up to the surface and rubs his finger over my lips. Leaning over me, he sucks at the cut. Sweet pain, rough edges, I moan as he feeds. He makes a small cut on his arm and presses it to my mouth. I suck the wound. The metallic sweet tang is ambrosia. The oath was taken by us long ago. What he does now merely feeds it. Our energy heats, mingles, moves in waves back and forth between us, moving from our feet up through the crown of our heads. For those who see, we are incandescent. Voices at the end of the alley bring us back to this world. He wraps me in a blanket and leads me to the car and a short journey home. A hunt of sorts. Hunger begins deep in my belly as I catch his scent. Hunger builds as I catch the scent of others near. I struggle against the desire as it becomes stronger. I am a selective slut. My hunger is aroused by the energy of some, not at all. My slut fantasies are not about random groups of strangers or being taken by all who approach. They're about particular individuals or groups of individuals whose energy entices. My master understands my need my intense desire to share sexually when the energy is right. 
They are consummate voyeurs enjoying watching me, playing with the energy, increasing the intensity, and so use my needs to satisfy all of us. I have become more of an exhibitionist over the years. I enjoy the energy of those who watch. A couple of the voyeurs know how to add their energy to the mix. Sometimes the scene is entertainment and other times ritual. The intensity can carry on for days afterwards. The air is crisp as we lope into the woods. The first scents, the trees, aspen and pine. The chittering sound of the aspen makes me smile. Fenrish pushes me to pick up my pace. The prickly carpet of forest floor under my feet crackles in my ears. As we move beneath the canopy more deeply, it is cool enough to begin to see our breath. I begin to slow and jump as he jerks on my lead. I pick up my pace again until I am panting. I inhale deeply and the scents are strong enough that I can taste them on my tongue. I close my eyes and remember the flavor of her, sweet and creamy, and the sound of her moans. I feel the sweat between my shoulder blades. My nose twitches. I recognize three distinct scents. There are at least a few more scents that I cannot place. I stop for a moment, working to catch my breath. Fenris is behind me, teeth ever so close to my left ear, hot breath causing me to squirm. Soon, he says into my ear as his sharp teeth begin nibbling and then biting until I yelp. My squirming pushes me closer into him. My ass pressing into his hard dick ignites more craving. His chuckle raises the hair on my body. I'm going to fuck that ass. He growls into my ear. I tremble in response. Keep your eyes down and be quiet until it's time for you to speak, Fenris says as he pushes me further in until we reach a clearing. My eyes are lowered and yet I can still see the tent silks billowing in the breeze. He leads me in and has me kneel. The scents are stronger here, mixed with a heady perfumed incense that is potent enough to make me high. I note the feet of two women. The rest appear to be men. I don't dare raise my eyes. My anxiety has risen, so I try to count the pairs of feet. I see five pairs. I am panting, and my blood is pounding in my ears. I entered the forest as a predator, albeit beta to his alpha. Yet I enter this pavilion as prey. I am sure of this in every part of my being, and struggle between rage and surrender. His claws wind in my hair to steady me and also to restrain me as he has seen my struggle in the change of my breathing, the subtle shifting on my knees, and no doubt the change of my scent. What shall we do with her? Fenris asks the others assembled. At this point, I know I would run, if I could, even though I know what he would do when he caught me. That he would catch me there is no doubt, and quickly, too. I can feel the excitement in the group and the hunger as they look at me and consider what they might do. He trusts all of them, else they would not be here. He does not share his with strangers. That should make me feel better, but alas, it does not. I feel far too exposed to feel calm. Besides, people who know us far more... Besides, people who know us know far more about me, which makes even more vulnerable. His claws stroke my throat, a scrape over my neck, abrading my flesh. On episode five of Licking Non Vanilla with special guest Miss Ava. Have you ever worn panties? Ralph? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> just a <clears throat> Ralph, oh, uh, on, on, on our, our next topic is. I just love how it got real silent there, Chris. <laughs> I was just curious <laughs> if you knew what it felt well, like. You no, know, uh... 
I can't believe I made Ralph Greco speechless. This is a red letter day. I can feel the blush halfway across the country. Where's your blood going? That's a clue. Licking non-vanilla. A sex-positive hour of talk about kink, sexual mores, and writing dirty words. With your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. I feel far too exposed to feel calm. Besides, people who know us know far more about me, which makes me even more vulnerable. His claws stroke my throat, scrape over my neck, abrading my flesh. I know tomorrow it will look as though he drew blood, though he did not go nearly deep enough. The abrasions are a promise to go deeper. My panting increases and my trembling is uncontrollable. I hear one of the women gasp. She is feeling along with me. He does that, takes what I feel, and projects it outwards. If you're not expecting that, it can be shocking. He presses my head down towards the floor, putting my ass into the air. What little clothing I wear, he rips from my body. His claws dig into my ass as he opens me. I struggle to be still. While you decide what else we should do with her, he chuckles as he shoves a finger full of cold loop into my asshole. I groan in a combination of arousal and protest. I have a love-hate relationship with ass-fucking. There are times I positively crave it, and at times I hate it with a passion, at least for the first stroke or two. My ass belongs to Fenris. He barely shares it with the others, and has not yet shared it with any of the pack members. He pushes his dick into my ass in one quick hard stroke. I growl in response. He laughs out loud. His laugh is full of the thrill of the capture, though this hunt did not require a physical chase. Growling at him is never a good idea, yet he loves when I do so because it demonstrates a loss of control on my part. Growling is a response that comes from the bitch within, and she is the property of Fenris. Growling gives him an excuse to use me harder, though he does not need one, to beat me harder, though he does not need one, to humiliate me more, though he does not need one. He pulls my head up by the hair, pulling back towards his chest, pulling me into a bit of a bow. Bitch, he growls. You will pay for that. I struggle to suppress another growl. I am perilously close to coming. Not yet, he says. I moan in frustration. Sturdy wedge pillows are pushed under my belly, raising me to a better height and supporting me. Fenris continues to fuck my ass, claws digging into my hips, the flesh of my thighs. He pinches and scratches until I'm almost screaming with frustration. My body sweats from the exertion of the fucking and the effort of trying not to come. If I come without permission, the punishment will be even worse. I feel the heat in front of my face and recognize the scent of another alpha wolf. My tongue is out of my mouth in moments, desperate to taste. I hear them both chuckle. Open wide, bitch, Jerry says, and I open and am rewarded with a delicious thick dick. They quickly achieve a good rhythm and I am again perilously close to coming. Just as I think I'm going to lose control, I hear Fenris. Come now, bitch. I obey, moaning around the dick in my mouth but continuing to suck. Abruptly, they both pull out. I startle at the sudden emptiness. The shambok strike lands on the center of my ass without any warning. As heavy as it is, there's not enough sound to warn me. Not like the whistle of the bamboo cane or the snap of the whip. I struggle to keep my position. Growl at me, will you, Fenris snarls. I remain stubbornly silent. 
Nothing I say will have any impact, and I am feeling too contrary to apologize. Losing control in private is hard enough for me. Growling at him with others present is intensely humiliating. Ten more blows, and I hear him put down the shambok. I hear someone else come forward. Keep your eyes down, he says. I struggle, but I obey. The first strike of the cane makes me scream. I wonder how many I will have to endure. Living in the UK, I have learned what six of the best truly means. Canes, wielded well, are some of the most intensely painful implements. They are precision implements in the hands of those who are experienced and challenge my ability to process pain, even at the best of times. The welts and bruises last a long time, and unlike those from floggers and paddles, make their presence known. I have often had difficulty sitting down for days after a good caning. The strikes fall in quick succession as I scream. After ten or so, I feel the first strike of a cane on the bottom of my feet. They begin to strike in rhythm. I scream until my voice is feeling raw, until the pain begins to turn and my strength become moan, and all I am saying is, please, 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 the cane on my feet stops. Fenris growls in my ear. Please, what, bitch? Please, come, Fen, please, I wail. Come, bitch, he replies and sinks his teeth into the back of my neck. I howl as I come, tears rolling down my cheeks. The caning of my ass continues. Count ten more with me, I hear the other wolf behind me say, loud and clear, thanking me for each one. The first lands on top of the highest shambok stripe, and I yelp, One, thank you, sir. The second lands on the sweet spot. He's good enough that he lifts my ass off it, up at the end of the strike. Two, thank you, sir, I shout. The next three fall all quickly on the sweet spot. Fenris is in front of me, watching as the tears continue to fall, occasionally scooping up a couple and savoring them. The next four fall on the top of my thighs. I am sobbing as I count them. The final stroke falls on the center of my ass on top of a myriad of welts. I sob out, Ten, thank you, sir. And he comes around to stroke my face and gathers my tears. I kiss his hand. Fenris runs his hand over all of the welts, provoking a fresh cascade of tears. Good bitch, he soothes, as he explores the marks placed on the flesh he owns by another. What shall we do with her now? Fenris asks, and those assembled begin to make suggestions. I feel hands in my hair, smell familiar and less familiar scents as they turn me over. Hands roam my body, pinching at my nipples, stroking my arms, face, my hair, pulling apart my legs and gathering up the juices from my pussy. Fingers spread my pussy lips apart and pull at my small clitoris, rub over the hood, plunge into my pussy and then into my ass. Nails dig into my thighs as they are spread wider. Someone begins to fuck me, stretching my pussy with each stroke. An alpha bitch lowers herself onto my face so I can suck and tongue her clitoris. She's as delicious as I remember and rides my face until she comes. I lap up her juices and can feel her dripping on my chin. She climbs off my face, sliding down next to me. She bites and sucks at my nipple and then bites until I squeal. She bites all over my breast, fangs leaving deep impressions but not quite drawing blood. My pale skin highlights the prominent blue veins on my tits. Many a predator has expressed the desire to bite there, drink from that vein. No one has ever been granted permission to do so. She runs her tongue over the veins and bites hard enough to mark. My heat intensifies. Jerry fucks me harder and faster. All I can do is cry, please, 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 like a mantra. I hear Fenris grant permission as the energy surges and burns through my body. 
I can hear the sounds of others fucking around me. Jerry, the wolf in my pussy. In my pussy pulls out. Dick hard and pulsing, he moves so he's over my face. Smiles at me and says, I think a cum shot would be a good way to finish this. I can feel the blush on my face deepen. Fenris says she'd like that. In fact, she'd like to be covered in it. He leans down and snars in my ear. Bitch, beg him to come on your face. My head is shaking no back and forth. The other two men move closer. Bitch, beg. Fenris growls, the threat clear. Please, come on my face, I beg, but almost in a whisper. Louder, bitch, Fenris orders. Please, please, please come on my face, please. The first drops fall across my cheeks and my lips. I open my mouth, tongue out, wanting to taste and swallow all that I can. The moans in the room swell as two of the men empty their balls onto my face and across my chest. I close my eyes and try to bring my breathing back to normal. The beautiful alpha bitch wipes my face and chest clean with a warm towel and then lies down next to me playing with my hair. Fenris can hear me chuntering and comes over to stroke my face. The energy in the room is thick and hot and so satisfying. After a few minutes have passed, Fenris says, What shall we do with her now? Part 2. We need food, one of the men says. I move quickly to bring in trays of fruit, cheese, and cold fried chicken, cured meats, hummus, vegetables, nuts, and a pile of spiced brownies. The low tables are placed in the center of the space. I place the trays so that all can reach something and ask for drink orders. As I'm serving, the conversation goes on around me. Maybe hide and seek, Jerry says, the humor evident in his voice. I want some of that pussy, Frakey says. As I hand food around, I am pinched and clawed and nipped at and scratched. Wyatt takes a kiss and bruises my lips in the process. It's a challenge serving Fenris well when he is on his own. Serving six well feels almost impossible. I struggle to make sure that everyone gets what he or she desires. Fenris's eyes are constantly on me as I move about the pavilion, burning into my back. His heat increases as each moment passes until I'm sure my body will spontaneously combust. He chuckles as he catches that thought and tones down the flames. I bring each person a drink and a plate of food to start and sink down at Fenris's feet. You must eat, bitch, he says. I rise and fill a plate for myself and get myself a drink and then settle at his feet to eat. I have served a gathering alongside other slaves many times over the years. I've rarely served this many on my own. I watch and listen as the discussion goes on around me, but find it hard to concentrate on the words. Instead, I find myself drawing to the sounds of voices, liquid or gruff, velvet-covering steel or dulcet sweet. I find myself looking at features and faces, noticing lips and eyes. The shape of the hands, bone structure, there's such exquisite beauty in this space. Fenris grabs my hair, close to my scalp, turns my face to look at him. Pay attention, pretty bitch, he says, and then pulls me up to his chest to kiss me. The kiss reminds me of the ones described in those romance novels. He ravages her mouth. He takes my breath from me, bites and sucks my tongue, gnaws on my lips until I cannot support my own rate if I tried. He moves to my throat, biting, chewing, sucking, raking his teeth repeatedly over his favorite spot, under my jaw, ever so close to my jugular vein. He pushes me from him, arranging me on the wedges, cushions, and pillows so my ass is high in the air. Fenris gets down at eye level and growls. Look at me and listen. I open my eyes wide. Do not come until I tell you to. Yes, Fen, I whisper. 
Frakey presses his dick into my pussy, starting with long, slow strokes, claws digging into my hips. I press back into him, trying to push him in deeper, trying to pick up the pace. Be still, bitch. Just take what I give. I moan, and still my body as best I can. Waya approaches, sheenus in hand, rubbing it over my lips. Open up and suck my dick, she growls, and I open and begin sucking. She fucks my face, and both she and Frankie move faster, harder, grunting with the exertion I can feel my orgasm build. Don't you dare, Fenris warns. I breathe deeply and hold on, focusing on the increasing pleasure for Freya and Frankie and Waya. They turn me over and switch places. Waya's dick keeps hitting my G-spot, and I feel that uncomfortable tension that signals I'm going to squirt. I'm not yet used to squirting. It's a strange sensation for me, and there are times that I fight it. Fenris loves to push me there. Yet another place he can push me to surrender further. Not yet, Fenris warns. He can smell the change in me, knows I'm getting perilously close. Frakey fucks my face until I'm choking on his dick. I'm breathing in his will, dripping drool down my face. He presses down into my throat and holds its dick there until I cannot help but begin to struggle. Self-preservation is kicking in. Just before I'm about to lose consciousness, he allows me a breath and then plunges back into my throat. After five or six strokes like this, Frankie floods my throat and her mouth with his thick, sweet cum. I gulp his cum and air as he slowly slides his dick from my throat and mouth. Holy fuck, is all he can say as he falls back into the cushions. Waya continues to pound into my pussy, hitting the G-spot, then my cervix, and then back to the G-spot. I am milliseconds from coming when Fenris says, Not yet. I work ever so hard to stop, but I am too far gone. I wail with shame as I squirt what feels like a gallon, drenching Waya, whose face is alight with triumph. She slides out of my pussy, flushed from her own orgasm, and runs her hands through my hair. Fenris pulls me up to a sitting position and supports my back with cushions. The tense energy is enough to begin a thunderstorm. Energy crackles off his body, his fingers. Is it rage or glee that he's feeling? I cannot tell. Crack! His first slap to my face rocks my head back. The second slap is close behind. My head is reeling. Tears course down my cheeks immediately. The third slap almost knocks me over. I'm sobbing. Greedy slut, he thunders. He pinches my nipples until I whimper and then yowl. He gathers up my tears and tastes them with a satisfied smile that breaks across his face. You come when I command. Yes, Fen, I reply quietly. Open your mouth, Fen says. I do as I'm told and open wide. He puts his dick in my mouth and says drink as he pisses down my throat. I swallow quickly, careful not to miss any or make any further mess. My face is bright crimson. My pussy and clitoris are throbbing. When he finishes, he says, Now come, and glows with satisfaction as my orgasm tears through my body so intensely that all in the pavilion can feel me. I howl in release as I come. Again, he orders. My pussy convulses. Nipples feel so tight and so raw they feel as they did when I was breastfeeding, almost unbearable. I have never indulged in water sports in front of anyone. It has always been a very private activity and always one of my most intense turn-ons. A soupçon of shame and humiliation mixed with devotion and worship, an activity that always feels so terribly delicious. Nasty. Ben comes over and sits next to me, stroking my body and my hair. Shall we drum, brother? he asks Fenris. Yes, Ben. Let's give her a break. 
and then we shall drum. Licking non-vanilla with special guest, Miss Ava. Have you ever worn panties? Ralph? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> just a moment. Ralph, go. Oh, our, our, our next topic is... I just love how it got real silent there, Chris. <laughs> I was just curious <laughs> if you knew what it felt well, like. Well, you know, I... I... Chris, I can't believe I made Ralph Greco speechless. Well, this is a red letter day. <laughs> I can feel the blush halfway across the country. Where's your blood going? That's a clue. Licking non-vanilla. A sex-positive hour of talk about kink, sexual mores, and writing dirty words. With your hosts, Ralph Greco Jr. and M. Christian. This is the Blush Report. For Sunday, the 10th of November, 2013, at 1423 GMT. Today's color is oxblood, inspired by those dreams again. Filled with teeth and claw, furs, scales, the sound of drums. Very tall, very dark men wearing skins, if anything at all. I traveled through a cave with water on the walls, deep and dark, and out into thick vegetation, a jungle that makes the sweat run down my body and my hair curl even tighter. The scent in the air is pungent musk I drool as I breathe in deep. He lands on my back, knocking the wind out of me as he presses me to the moss-enveloped ground below. His nose is at my neck, whiskers tickling me and then making my back arch, giving him quick access. He sinks into me all at once. I pant in time to his strokes. Claws holding me still, blood seeping out of the gashes he growls in my ears. The rhythm of the drums deepens. My body vibrates to his growl, claws tangle in my hair, exposing my neck, body trembling as he grazes me with teep, with fangs, soon to be dripping my blood. I growl my surrender as he bites, as he pushes into my asshole, as his claws grip into already raw tits to hold me to him. I howl my surrender as orgasm takes us both, our scent, our sounds, calling to others in the jungle, the forest, and the waking world beyond a chorus a cacophony of howls, growls, screeches, and screams. Join with us. This is the Blush Report for Tuesday, the 15th of October, 2013, at 2200 BST. Today's color is blood red, inspired by the taste of blood in my mouth after you kiss me after the long chase, the one where you finally managed to track me down, the one after what seems like a drought, a famine. When you finally hunt me down, my bones aching from the fall, the scrapes, cuts, and bruises from the struggle until you finally reclaim what is yours. This is the Blush Report for Monday, the 14th of October, 2014, at 1756 BST. Today's color is matter red, inspired by the ice and fire games, teeth at my neck, kicking the temperature higher. The alpha bitch that rises in me when you tease me, that wanting, that desire that drives the flames ever higher, until the bitch is growling and spitting, unable to speak words, only able to make the sounds, the yelping, the howling when I eventually surrender to that primal force, you can see the blood pulsing at my throat. Across my breasts, my neck, my forearms and wrists, the veins rise, the adrenaline courses through. God's help anyone who crosses me or threatens you at that time. 
Gods help the unmannered and disrespectful who choose to approach then, assuming that a slave could not be your twin soul. Assuming that this usually friendly, open girl suffers fools even for a nanosecond or has patience and restraint when pushed to rage. The fire must burn through me before the beast is soothed or the ice pushed through me for the beast to be soothed, and you will not allow that until you have taken all you wish from me. I don't think they know what a predator looks like. Don't they realize that often your smile does not reach your eyes? Except I have seen it do so with me, with my son, with your brother, blood family, and our chosen family only. This is the Blush Report for October 13th, 2014, at 1857 BST. Today's color is cinnabar. Inspired by primal desires, urges, instincts, dreams, the dragon is strong as he presses his fangs into my nipple. His face a warning to any who approach. This one is claimed. Speak to the owners before coming closer. And if you approach closer without paying attention to that warning, I hope you can move quickly. Dragons are a damn sight faster than you might think. And angry dragons? Well, angry dragons scare the life from me, and I am owned by two. Of course, if you follow protocol, the dragons have been known to be not only friendly, but very accommodating for those they trust. This is the Blush Report for the 23rd of September, 2013, at 2038 BST. Today's color is black cherry. Delicious aching, craving more, warm, bubbling, sticky, sweet fragrance covering my face, lapping the juice from her. Thighs tighten around my head, hands winding in my hair as I suck her hard, slippery center, kitty tongue licking up all the cherry cream. Nails dig into my scalp as she pulls me as far into her as she can. Her music fills the room. Thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, drlorybethbisbee.com and drlorybethbisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness Channel, voiceamerica.com, Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. BST, and that's a live show. If you've got suggestions for this show or authors you'd like to hear, email me at lori beth at drlorybethbisbee.press. Have a great week.